0: college football full circle on the right fake to armstrong right foot five it to the end zone touchdown Ian Buck launches down the middle for McCleskey and he puts three James McCleskey touchdown touchdown they take the lead with three seconds left Patterson to the end zone drives his way in Virginia Tech has
3: won it in six All right, here we go. College football full circle right here on Sports Grid Radio. Sirius XM channel 204. Mike Carver and Joe Lisi here with you we got a lot busy start to the week here, Joe, as we have, of course, uh, finally Texas and Oklahoma officially getting the ball rolling on their leave out of the Big 12. We have how a couple of these other conferences are going to respond. Some of them are already putting their plans in place, whether it be the American or the Big 10. We've got ACC preseason media polls, and I've even got for you today, Joe, later in the show, Tate Martell is still playing college football, or at least intends <laughs> to, so a lot to do today, Joe. How are you, my man? What a difference a day makes, Carver,
4: right? I mean, it's unreal. Last time we were talking about college football, it was Oklahoma, it was Texas. Is the Big 12 still alive at this point? And more importantly, what about the other conferences? You mentioned the ACC. There's been some talk about Clemson, Florida State possibly joining the SEC. There's been some talk about Penn State joining the ACC. I don't know how true all of this is, but it makes for some great talk about college football Best sport in town, and I have a feeling that we're just tipping the iceberg because over the next few weeks, prior to uh, the start of the kickoff, there's going to be a lot more movement in college football.
3: Yeah, Joe, I mean, you you talk about over the weekend, it it was just pure rumor central. I mean, everybody has an idea. Everybody has a theory. Because I think that if there's one thing that this kind of shows us, this Texas-Oklahoma uh, moving to the SEC kind of out of nowhere thing, is that things can change really fast. And once the first domino falls, several can fall right after it. So honestly, Joe, like when when I first heard you say that last week, like last week you were like, well, Clemson could join the SEC. I mean, come on, Joe, please. You know, that's how I was to you. But now, Joe, after a couple days of sitting on this, and, and you know what? You're probably right. I think anything can happen at this point. That's how ridiculous this whole thing is. It really is. It's about being ahead of the
4: curve, Carver. That's the biggest thing, is that these teams, like Oklahoma and Texas, were proactive. They recognized in terms in terms of the long-term growth of their programs, they can never challenge the success of Alabama and some of the teams in terms of the SEC. So the best way to really level the playing field was to join the conference. You know, the, the ties were there from the recruiting aspect and in terms of just the logistics of it. So now they leveled the playing field, and they're going to be in the national championship hunt now in terms of five-star athletes each and every week. You look at Texas overall, they have a, a 600 winning percentage against SEC teams, so from their landscape and their viewpoint is, hey, we could go toe-to-toe with the big boys. We just needed to play within their conference because kids want to go where they can win national championships and more importantly, go to the NFL and become a high-ranked draft pick just like Trevor Lawrence, just like some of these other players, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. So that's what players want.
3: Bigger is better in terms of college football 2021. We welcome in our friends at Sports Map Radio right here. College football, full circle, Mike Carver and Joe Lisi. Sports Grid Radio hanging with you. Texas and Oklahoma, of course. Off to the Big Twelve, off to the SEC, I should say they go. So they make the deal official today, Joe. They put the papers in. And I like how they have to always you know, in the statement, like they put in there like, you know, we're gonna honor our commitments through twenty twenty five. Like I know you <laughs> Been on that? Uh, yeah, can exactly. That? Can we get can we get the line in a couple books on that? Uh, what what year will be the last year Texas and Oklahoma play? In what is still called the Big 12, might not be called the Big 12 12 months from now, who knows. But I thought that was, but that's all legal stuff, Joe. You know they're not going to be in that conference until 2025. That's just them covering their behinds. That's all It bad. is. Yeah, uh, this is the only year, Carver. They're going to they're go through the to You think it's just this year? You think it's just this year, Joe? Wow. I thought two. Uh, I thought it would take them two to get out of there. You think one. Maybe wow. two,
4: but I, I don't think so. I think if they they see an opening, they're going to go with it and run. I mean, 2022, you know, to be prepared for the expansion of the playoffs. That's what they want. That's, that's ultimately what every Power 5 marquee name wants, right? You want an opportunity to compete. If you wait till 2023, you could be on the outside looking in from a recruiting aspect. So that's another aspect that you always have to take into account is that Oklahoma, Texas want in, but they want to hit the ground running so they can compete for a national championship.
3: Yeah, because it is funny. I, I was reading this morning, Joe, that the deal with the college football playoff also lines up you know, as of right now, that same 2025. Like, technic- Now, that could also change as well, as we know. But it seems like that's the earliest, you know, legally that they could change the college football playoff in terms of the format. So this stuff all lining up together, like you said, you want to get to your new home before all of that stuff starts to happen. Before they change how many teams get in, because it's going to give you an advantage Over other teams, like you were saying, in terms of recruiting, in terms of everything else, you're going to be able to say, "Hey, when the new 12 team starts or whatever, I'm already going to be in the conference that's going to be in the mix." That's all that matters, Joe, is is being part of that. All right, we're just getting going here, college football full circle. Mike Carver and Joe Lisi, right here on Sports Grid Radio. We keep rolling, Joe. We got more to do on this and a lot of other college football news. Carver and Lisi just getting going, college football full circle. After this.
1: It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to
5: Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
0: are listening to College Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Mike Carver.
3: And we're back. College Football Full Circle right here. Mike Carver and Joe Lisi, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. As we are rocking with you, getting closer and closer, Joe, to the kickoff of the college football season. I mean, we are right there, my man. Uh, honestly, its uh, I was looking today. So uh, Wednesday will be one month. August 28th, as we know, is the kickoff, the Week 0 games. So on Wednesday, Joe, we'll have a little party for one month uh, (laughs) until kickoff for college football. But they've given us tons of news, that's for sure. So we have to thank college football for that. Um, We've done a lot over the past uh, few shows, Joe, about this Texas-Oklahoma stuff. Um, Just a couple of other nuggets that maybe are fresh from since the last time we talked. I guess the Big 12 execs did try to... Uh, lure them back in. They apparently had some big meeting over the weekend. Uh, one last-ditch effort to try to save things. They were never saving them. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma know the deal. There. I mean, they're fifty percent. I think I saw they're fifty percent. Really, they make up fifty percent of the league's TV revenue. Like, they got all the power. They, they, those teams weren't going to save Texas and Oklahoma. Joe it wasn't happening
4: not at all money drives the bus Carver right money drives the bus in, in life we know that and Oklahoma and Texas have the money they have the money to jump and pay what was it 77 million to the Big 12 I had no problem that's chicken, chicken fee in terms of the boosters will drop that in a second in Austin right I mean come on I mean we understand that these teams can afford to make that type of jump it's the other teams that can't the teams like West Virginia the teams like Kansas State those are the ones ones that are going to be affected by this move, and we have to see exactly what transpires, because the American Athletic Conference is actively looking at at some of these teams. Uh, Conferences like the Big Ten are as well the good ones, right? The Big Ten doesn't want to really take on the crap teams in terms of like Kansas. They don't want that. I mean, from a basketball perspective, maybe, but they want Iowa State. They want a team like West Virginia. Give me the good teams in, in the Big 12. Don't give me the teams that fail to live up to expectations, because then you drag
3: down our conference, right? Right. No, it, it's a hundred percent true, Joe, and that, and that just kind of gets to, you know, the next thing that's going on, which is now that it's official, you can start to talk about it in the bigger picture, and that's the other eight teams and right. what they're going to do. And I thought the interesting part was the American. Now, when we discussed the American conference last week, we thought that they were going to be the te- the conference that kind of gets picked. If the Big 12 wants to stay together, if those eight teams want to stay together, that they would go after a couple of teams out of that conference. But apparently, the American and their and their leadership, they want to be the aggressor. They want to be the ones that go to a couple of schools that are kind of left sitting here in the Big 12 and saying, Hey, your league's dead. Just come and, and join the league that we already have and add more profile to our league Um, Interesting play by the American people who don't want to see their conference get picked apart. Exactly, because they're
4: a competitive conference. And that's the biggest thing is that there are uh, conference tie-ins. There are, you know, you look at a team like Houston that's in there, there. There are teams that are involved that just logistically make sense, right? So that's what they want. They don't want to be picked apart by the Big 12. And if you're the Big 12 right now, you have to sit back in a room and say, what are we really doing here? We screwed up years ago by not being proactive. And we talked about this before, and they had an opportunity to develop their own television network. They voted against that. That's why Texas went on with the Longhorn Network, and that's why, basically, this conference as a whole doesn't have the strength that it should be. And when you look at the American right now, the American has quality football teams where if you add a team like a West Virginia or you're adding a quality team like, let's say, Kansas State and you sprinkle in Texas Tech, now that competition from the top of of the league to the bottom gets better right and that conference as a whole can sustain growth and we'll see because if, if the American wasn't proactive they would probably be picked apart by maybe uh, the Big Ten or maybe some other conferences as well
3: and I think that the, what the remaining Big 12 schools also have to look at here Joe is with this potential 12 team expansion um, there, there, there's been talks that there's going to be six conference winners. You know, are going to get six of the twelve spots. Now, right. as we know, the Big Twelve was always kind of listed as one of those because they were a quote unquote power five conference. Now, losing Texas and Oklahoma, I don't know if you could still consider them a power five conference. But if they could stay together and add a couple teams, and they could keep the language in the potential college football playoff thing, then their conference can still have some viability because you know that a team would be guaranteed a spot in that tournament, and that's where they would add, Joe. They wouldn't stay at eight. They would then add the Cincinnati's, etc. because then there's a guaranteed spot if the language could stay there.
4: Right. Well, that's the thing, right? If the Big 12 can stay in existence and they could add maybe that one – team that can catapult them but what team is that really is it really cincinnati is it really i mean luke fickle and cincinnati are a good team they're back to back 11 win seasons okay they went toe-to-toe with georgia they beat virginia tech a couple of years ago they beat boston college but are those more key teams within college football? Do we realistically believe that in in, in on a given playing field, a hundred times out that they can go toe to toe with Alabama or even Georgia for that matter, or Florida or LSU? That's really what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about the SEC and everybody else outside of Clemson in the ACC and Ohio State in the Big Ten. What are we really talking about? And I think that's the right. problem that the Big Twelve has. Is that okay, they can get that team in, but that's what we had with Oklahoma, and that's why Oklahoma
3: lost the last four playoff games, right? Right. No, you're absolutely right, Joe. I mean, they've been in the mix, but they lose them all the time. Uh, the Big Ten is going to have a say here as well. Um, over the weekend, I, we we talked Friday about the Kansas situation. Now Kansas, they were going to have a meeting with them. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that Oklahoma State wants to be involved with the Big Ten. Uh, I saw Adam Rittenberg from ESPN tweet that he heard from several people that the Big Ten would only be interested in adding schools that have AAU accreditation. Wow. Um, yeah, which is, uh, you know, they're going to cut a whole bunch of teams out. Oklahoma State does not have that. Iowa State does. Um, there's not many. There's not a lot of schools that have the AAU accreditation, Joe, as you right. know. Uh, but that seems to be something that the Big Ten is concerned about. Uh, At the end of the day, I I don't know. I mean, they're going to add teams too, Joe. I mean, that kind of seems like where it's going. Big Ten's going to add.
4: Well, they have to. But they need Notre Dame. We talked about it. They need Notre Dame. Dame. But they need Notre Dame because they need that Ohio State-Notre Dame game. They need Notre Dame-Michigan, Notre Dame-Penn State. That's what they need. They need no to If I was you're the Big right. 10 right. I don't right disagree. Now,
3: I don't disagree, Joe. Because they should no, because actively honestly, what pursue. Is, yeah. What does Oklahoma State pursue. and Iowa State do for them? what is nothing. Nothing.
4: See, but I, I think, and let me ask you this: People say, "Oh, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, they bring they bring a, a competitive advantage." For one year, they haven't shown consistently over the last ten years that Iowa State's been a force. It's only been recently under Matt Campbell. Mike Gundy is two and fourteen against Oklahoma. Let's be honest. I mean, they're two and four. They lost the last six games against Oklahoma by eighteen point three points per game. You can't even challenge the team in bedlam in your own state. You're going to challenge Ohio State on a consistent basis.
3: No, and you're right, Joe. And I think that they need to look. At what happened with Nebraska. Now I know right now it's just musical chairs, Joe. Everybody's just trying to have a seat at some table at the end of the day. And I know teams like Iowa State and Oklahoma State and Kansas are trying to find their chair, but if they look to what has happened in the Big 10 and Nebraska's move there, Nebraska doesn't matter in football anymore, Joe. No. They don't. You're right. They don't matter you're anymore. Right. So if if Nebraska can go to the Big 10, and not matter anymore, what's going to happen when Oklahoma State or Iowa State go to the Big Ten? You know, it's just it's just something that they have to look at from a recruiting standpoint. All right, college football full circle right here. Mike Carver and Joe Lisi on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. We'll come back more on this ACC media, preseason media ball. You're going to love the ones that the ACC threw out at their meeting, Dave Joe. Oh, you thought the SEC was good. Wait till you hear these. Carver and Lisi, college football full circle right after this.
1: Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call
5: 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block.
0: listening to college football full circle with joe lisi
3: and mike carver all right and we're back college football full circle mike carver and joe lisi here with you On Sports Grid Radio, as we are getting ready for kickoff, we are almost one month away from things getting going. All right, we've done a lot of realignment stuff, Joe. That is, of course, going to drive us for the next few weeks here as the dominoes continue to fall. But we also have a lot of media days going on, which means we have a lot of media members, Joe making their preseason conference picks. We had a good laugh last week with the SEC. We had a couple people who thought that South Carolina could win the conference and win the East. Uh, (laughs) I got a good chuckle out of it. I know you did too. So today we will have some fun with the ACC uh, preseason polls. Uh, Let me start you with the Atlantic. So this is, again, 146 voters, Joe, uh, Mm -hmm. in the conference for these preseason things. So the Atlantic actually uh, worked out pretty good. Clemson, as you know, Um, Actually, there's 147 voters. Let me get the point total here of how many people vote. All right, so they do it on like a scale, and there's 147 first-place votes. So Clemson got 146 of them to win the Atlantic, which is their side (laughs) of the ACC. Can you guess the one team that got the one other vote between Florida State, BC, NC State, Wake Forest, Louisville, and Syracuse? Which team, Joe, got the one vote that they didn't vote for Clemson? Who has the biggest homer media you're gonna to have to try to pick it out of those six schools. It wasn't blew it, by the way, for Boston College. I don't think he had a vote. So I would say uh, well, I would
4: <laughs> say NC State. I would say NC State just because of the success that they had last year, nine and four, lost to Kentucky by two points in the ball game. They have a great nucleus with Doran and the crew. They get some some players by, back like Bam Knight and Devin Leary,
3: but that would be my pick. Don't tell me it's Florida State. Do not no, tell me. Okay. You you actually, Joe, you nailed it. NC State okay. got the one vote to win the Atlantic, uh, that did not go to Clemson. So one forty six okay. for Clemson and one for NC State. And NC State's twenty five to one right now uh, at FanDuel. Or shall I actually say yes, uh, twenty five to one? They're actually the fifth choice. Believe it or not, Joe, um, Louisville, Boston College, and Florida State have better odds to win that Atlantic Division than NC State. If you could believe it's an, that, it's intriguing uh, because I think that's just name recognition, right?
4: Your Louisville, right. Re- yes. disappointing season under Scott Satterfield. Uh, Florida State. I mean, we talked about Florida State. There's no. I am selling Florida State, and I know on Fanduel when we uh, first talked, they were like a five and a half. They're down to five on Fanduel right now. If they win four games, that would be a lot. The only team that I could look to is NC State. Now they did it most of the year with Bailey Hockman that transferred out. Devin Leary got hurt, I believe it was in the game against Pittsburgh or another team. But they beat some quality teams last year. And and when you look at who they beat, they also beat Liberty. Liberty beat two ACC teams in Virginia Tech and Syracuse on the road. That was a one point game. They had a they had a gut that victory out in Raleigh, and they went toe to toe with some good quality teams. They had the Eric King and Miami on the ropes They had a 10 point lead entering the second Half allowed that lead to slip And lost by three so This is a great nucleus now Bam Knight is one of the best Running backs in terms of the ACC They also have person there They can run the football balanced offense They lose a little on the defensive Side of the ball um, Carver And that's going to be the concern McNeil Their big defensive tackle nose tackle Moved on to the NFL But they built it up so d if the defense can take the next step they have six starters coming back they could possibly be the second best team in the atlantic behind clemson but there's no way they're they're
3: challenging dju and the tigers this year sorry not gonna happen yeah i don't see it uh and so nc state 25 to 1 to win the atlantic division they're 50 to 1 to win the ACC Conference. Clemson, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, I mean, they're minus 2,400 to win the the, the Atlantic. That's uh, incredible. Minus, and they're minus 900 to win the Conference. So just that division alone, and that's why there is such a big disparity in terms of the votes. At least the media members got that one right. A little bit more zany in the coastal side of things, though, Joe, <laughs> in the ACC. Here we go. Um, North Carolina did get 109 out of the 147. So they right. are an overwhelming favorite from the media to win that conference, they are plus one twenty five. So listen, Joe, honestly, that's not that's not bad. Um majority of the media, 109 out of 147, think that North Carolina win that coastal division, and you still get them in a plus money on FanDuel, plus one twenty-five. That's not that's not awful right there. If no. you want to take a poke with North Carolina to win that, I'll tell you who else got votes. Miami got twenty-eight votes to win the coastal, Virginia Tech got three, uh Pitt Pitt got one. Virginia got 2 and Georgia Tech got 4. So the only oh, team, the wow. only team that didn't get first place votes to win the Coastal was Duke. Everybody else got at least one first place vote. That's pretty that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah,
4: that is. I, I I'll say this and when you break it down. Now, I love the job that Mac Brown has done I mean, look at what they were able to do last year. He's got possibly the best quarterback uh, outside of DJU. You got to look at DJU. You got to look at Sam Howell. And you got to look at DeArick King, right? Okay, so Sam Howell, we know, is a Heisman contender. But he loses his top four wide receivers. He loses Michael Carter and Javante Williams. They do get Ty Chandler that comes back. But I'm still not sold on the defense. Even though Jay Bateman has done a great job, they only allow. 154 rushing yards to opposing offenses I don't know if they could take the next step look at that game against AM. they got warded down by a bigger physical offensive line so that's a concern right schedule wise it lines up they get Miami at home they open with Votek a six and a half point favorite they beat Votek last year Three and a half, four-point favorite. They won by eleven. They jumped out to a twenty-one-nothing lead in that game, too. By the way, so you would say on paper, North Carolina is good, but I like Miami. Now we talked about Miami. De'Ara King comes back. You get some playmakers. You get Rambo, the Oklahoma transfer wide receiver. You have Mike Harley. You have Cameron Harris. That defense, Manny Diaz said, best defense he's had. So i got to believe them, and they flew to the football last year. They still bought in. I like Miami. Now, with all hinges week one, they go on the road against North Carolina, but I think they could be an 11-win football team. I'll say this about Jeff Collins. They're an up-and-coming up and coming team. Keep an eye out for them. I like them over their total this year.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's a massive game. Uh, Saturday, October 16th, Miami at North Carolina. That is a, the huge game in the Coastal this year, Joe. That's going to decide a lot on that Saturday. So, kind of a mixed bag, but North Carolina and Miami clearly uh, a little bit, you know, distance out from everybody else. Miami's also one. So, Miami's plus 125 to win the Coastal also. They're the same odds, Joe. UNC and Miami, both plus right. 125 to win right. that division. Uh, wow. that I, I thought it would be a little bit more space than that, but... Um, Jeez, uh, listen. I'm on. I like Carolina there, to be quite honest with you. I, I just I need do Miami do it before. Do, I do you? That.
4: I yeah, know. Yeah, I, I know. They rushed
6: for 544
4: on that Hurricane I team. I was on North Carolina in that game. Yeah. They were catching three and they blew them out. They blew them out at the end of the year. That was the big game. 544 on the ground where Carter yeah. and Javante. They Williams. destroyed him
3: that day. Um,
4: How about Justin Fuente? Pre- Can I ask you about Fuente? Uh, I think he's ahead. absolute garbage. He's 86. garbage. He's, He's one in ten, Carver, over the last three years against AP ranked competition since 2017. Make that, yeah, three years. He's garbage.
3: He never steps up. Lost to Liberty. They're terrible. No, oh, yeah, you're right. In fact, that could be. What do they got the number at right now, Joel? Let's see if we can seven. find that. Really, I think seven, it's seven. for Votek. Yeah, so their number seven, 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 seven and a half. Their number is seven or seven and a half. And let me see. I want to take a quick look at their schedule and see if we can get them as an under. Because I think we need to root against them this year. That would be fun for me and Joe Lisi to both get together on an under Virginia Tech bet. Uh, And they start with North Carolina. There you go. Middle Tennessee at West Virginia. They play Richmond, Notre Dame, Pitt, Syracuse at Georgia Tech, at BC, Duke at Miami, at Virginia. I don't know, Joe. I don't know if there's eight wins there. I don't know if there's eight wins there for the Hokies. Are we giving them a loss to to
4: North Carolina yes. and Sam Howell? Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, Braxton Burmeister is
3: not going to beat Sam Howell, right? Now they got to be And that's, and that's a big game, Joe. That's that the first. That's that Friday night, right. September third. Uh, right. You know, that's on ESPN, right. six o'clock standalone right. game. Big. Game. Okay, they're not
4: beating Notre Dame, right, Carver? No, and they're not no. beating. I don't they even think not. they beat West Virginia. So now we have three losses. Miami is four and we need one more I, for the push. I
3: honestly I honestly think there's only 4 games on this Virginia Tech schedule that I can confidently say they're going to win. Middle Tennessee, Richmond, Syracuse, and Duke. I think that those are the only 4 games on that schedule. And I and I only say Syracuse and Duke cuz they're at home for those two games. Right. They could lose, they could lose at Virginia, they could lose at Boston College, they could lose to Pitt. Um, they they can lose these other games, Joe. So I I think shading to the under for Virginia Tech right now is smart. I think it's a smart yeah. Let's go under. I'm I'm with you.
4: I think he's out the door. I think he's looking for a job in 2022. Oh, I think man. the other one that we look at Carver is is Florida State. Their total is five. I mean, they're not going to – they're one in nine over the last couple of years on the road under Mike – well, last year under Mike Norvell, but then two years ago under Willie Taggart. So think about that. One in nine on the road. And their road games are atrocious. They they start
3: with Notre Dame. They're a nine-point dog. There's a loss. They're, they're not going to beat Notre Dame. Anymore. And they're giving me plus money to the under, Joe. I mean, plus 125 under five for the Seminoles. I mean, we got a chance to make a couple bucks here if we could find ourselves uh, four wins or less for Florida State. Man, can you imagine if he, if Norvell only wins three or four games this year at Florida State? I mean, Dion can get on the phone already to the alums. Go ahead, I'm ready. Dion will be on the phone fast if Norvell wins three games this year. Jeff. Let me ask you That's this. If they're under 500 during the season, you think they cut them loose? No, I think they're going to give them one more year after this one. He'd have to have an absolutely embarrassing year where they win, like, one game for him to get fired. I think you got to give the guy a third year. College football full circle. Mike Carver and Joe Lisi right here with you on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. We're going to keep rolling right after this. I'll finish off the ACC stuff. Tate Martell, too, Joe. I know you love Tate. We'll be right back right after this.
1: Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be President of Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
5: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.
0: You're listening to College Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Mike Carver.
3: And we're back. College Football Full Circle right here on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Mike Carver and Joe Lisi here with you. All right, Joe, I'm going to clean up the ACC and give you the – I had to go look at the Florida State schedule to see if we can get Mike Norvell fired this year. I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. No. Because he's, he's got a couple of games that he's gonna probably he's gonna win. You know, he's gonna beat Jacksonville State. He's gonna beat UMass. Um you know what? Maybe uh, he's gotta win one of these other games. Like he's gotta beat Syracuse at home, Joe. I mean, honestly, he can't lose at home to Syracuse. But you know what? Those might be the only three games that I think that I could feel confident in them winning. Three. Right. So if he goes three and nine. Let's just say, not only would we hit that under at uh, plus 125, the under five, but could, would, would, would that be enough to get Norvell out after only two seasons, one of which was, uh, as we know last year, a COVID-shortened, crazy season. You're really only giving him one full year at Florida State if you whacked him. Yes, I would whack him right now. I
4: mean, wow. let's be honest. He's got to play Florida, right, in the Miami. He's not winning those games. He plays Notre Dame. Not winning that. Who else is on their schedule?
3: They play. Uh, they play VATEC this year. Well, they they don't play Votek this year. Uh, they go to Wake Forest. They could lose that game. Wake Forest. They could that's, lose it, but they could win it too. That that's a that's a game where they can win. They play Syracuse, like I said, in Louisville okay. at home. They have Syracuse and Louisville. Louisville's a tough game, though. Malik that is Cunningham. A tough game.
4: Yeah. That's a t- And let's be honest. Let's just look at even coaches, right? Norvell versus Satterfield. I I definitely give the edge to Satterfield. And, He's got the better quarterback,
3: too. Malik Cunningham versus Mackenzie Milton or Travis Jordan. And, and let me tell you, Joe, I don't think they win any of these last five games. Their finish of the season, at Clemson, home NC State, home Miami, at BC, at Florida. I don't think they win any of those five games. I think they finish 0-5. <laughs> So what do you have them at? Four wins? I, th- I think four is. I think four is is if and that's if they win a game that I don't think they can win. So yeah, I think the under five, Joe. We might have to lock that in. Under five, right. Florida State at plus one twenty five. I think that that's like going to be a play. There you all go. Right. Unless you think that uh, Mackenzie Milton's going to be uh, all world and and get a couple of upsets. I, well, great, story. Yeah, great story great story but story, no the the obvious that
4: that type of injury was almost like Alex Smith right and Alex yeah. Smith only lasted a year and you know you wish Mackenzie Milton the best. Offensive line is not good. Very inconsistent. He's going to be under pressure consistently. That's a concern. He's going to take a lot of hits. So I wouldn't bank on Mackenzie Milton playing the whole year. So we'll see. Anything's possible. It would be a great story, but I can't
3: bank on it from the gambling perspective, Carver. All right, here we go. The media members' picks to win the ACC. This is to win the conference championship game etc., etc., 125 of the 147 picked Clemson, Joe, and they are smart people. Uh, There you go. But we were able to find 22 people who thought Clemson could lose. 16 of them went with North Carolina. I think that they can win the ACC title. We have three for Miami, and now we get the fun parts. One person thinks Virginia can win the ACC this year. One person thinks Georgia Tech can win the ACC this year. One person thinks NC State can win the uh, ACC this year. There you go. You know, you
4: got to hint that those are the local papers. I'll say this. Georgia (laughs) Tech and Jeff Collins, he's got a great quarterback in Jeff Sims, came on last year, 13 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, battle-tested freshman, led the victory over Florida State. So they're headed in the right direction. I think they surpassed their win total, but they're not winning the the whole thing. I, I will say that I do feel that Miami has the best chance. To knock off Clemson this year. Really? King is, Yeah, I do. I, I think De'Ara King is that X factor. Did not play all that well in the victory, uh, the, excuse me, the defeat on the road. They were catching 14 points, lost that ball game uh, by a huge deficit. I think it was 20-plus in the rain against Clemson. But he's a year older. I think he's got some weapons. Another year in Rhett Lashley's offensive philosophy and scheme. As long as he's healthy and the knee's 100%, I give De'Ara King that opportunity to upstart DJU. And we Uh, talked uh, about Clemson. uh, Here's the thing, though, Carver. Clemson's offensive line was a weakness last year. 150 per game on the ground rushing compared to two years ago, 240. If they have that type of production in 2021, they become one-dimensional. They're, they might not be the same team this year with DJU with the helm.
3: And and they also don't play Clemson in the regular season, Miami. Right, so exactly. That, that really helps them, Joe. So the only time they would have to beat them – is in the ACC title game. I think if right. you saw it with Notre Dame last year. Uh, you might be able to get Clemson once, but getting them twice is no. a very tough chore. So if you're going to beat Clemson in the ACC this year, I think, Joe, it's got to be a team in that in that conference championship game that did not face them in the regular season. Uh, because, exactly. A, if they beat you the first time, I don't think you're going to get them the second time. And if they, you somehow upset them the first time, like Notre Dame did last year, uh, they're going to come in really prepared to get you in that title game, uh, as we saw. So I think that that's the playbook for anybody to actually beat them this year, is to not face them in the regular season and get their first crack at them uh, in that ACC title game. All right, I, I've got a couple other things for you here, Joe. I have to bring up Tate Martell, <laughs> who I know uh, you love. Listen, this is this is a very interesting story to me. Uh, Tate Martell, as we know, was one of the top quarterback recruits, Uh, Believe it or not, nine years ago, Joe, is when he first committed to Washington and Steve Sarkeesian. Nine years ago. That was out of eighth grade. Uh, That's how big of a he's a Vegas kid, uh, grew up in Las Vegas, won a bunch of state championships there, Bishop Gorman, etc., We know that he went to Ohio State, left when Justin Fields came, transferred to Miami, things never got going for him there, opted out last year in the COVID year, and now he has two years of eligibility left, he's 23 years old, and he's going home, Joe, that's right, going home to Las Vegas and UNLV. Uh, I think that this is a very interesting story, Joe, I really do. Well, he's like a 100 years
4: old, and his former coach, Tony Sanchez, <laughs> coached the Running Rebels, right? Tony Sanchez got the job at Bishop Gorman. He led his team to dominant wins in terms of the state championship, and that's why the Running Rebels actually hired Tony Sanchez to turn around the program. Didn't get it done. Gave way and got fired a couple of years ago. But Tate Martel is a quarterback that just never lived up to expectations, and now he goes back home. Maybe he could reignite his career because it didn't pan out in terms of the University of Miami he was he was a fish out of water per se and now let's see if he could do something i think that's the right fit for him at this point in his career goes from ohio state to miami now to unlv maybe he could catch lightning in a
3: bottle in 2021 well, and and this and there's actually some interesting things to look at here, Joe. Because honestly, UNLV has been awful for a very long time in, in football. I mean, they've done they've been through a billion coaches, a billion quarterbacks. Uh, Marcus Arroyo uh, going into his second year. I think I saw they played like four or five guys at quarterback last year. I'm, here you go, UNLV played four different quarterbacks last year, and they only played six games. I mean, uh, that, that that that's called having a quarterback problem, Joe. So if you bring Tate in there, clearly. He's going to be, just from a talent perspective, I know he hasn't played. I think he's only thrown 28 passes in his career in college football. From a talent perspective, you add him to that team, and I just looked at their win total in a couple books. One and a half, Joe, is the UNLV win total in a couple books. One and a half. If I can get that number before Martell actually gets the job, he's talented enough in that conference where I think he can win a couple games, Joe one and a half that, that's always appealing right
4: you're like wow well, two wins no problem then you look at the schedule like oh holy cow maybe maybe it's not right no but I agree with you he is a dual threat he's the type of guy that playing at home he's gonna give it a hundred and ten percent right he's that guy that's gonna actually be that spark plug for your team maybe you could catch lightning in a bottle with him in a couple of years it, you you have to really anticipate when you when you get these totals right you have to Anticipate if there is a quarterback battle, or he's coming into the program at one and a half. You got to say they're going to give him the nod, just to just to fill the seats. For the most part, think of it that way, right? I mean, you would rather have a, a local kid starting for your program that won a state championship there, as opposed to a
3: nobody that maybe half the half the fans never heard of. I mean, Joe, look, uh, they play Eastern Washington their first game. I mean, That's not easy, though. But I, I know that Eastern Washington is a, is a power down there in, in the FCS. I, I get that, Joe. But you tell, if Tate Martell can't get a little something going and beat Eastern Washington, give me the first win right out of the gate, and then I only need one win the rest of the season, I, this could be a fun bet for me, Joe. I think that— this, All right, So you're taking over <laughs> one and a half. All right. I think I might. If Tate can keep his head on straight and actually play— and go in there focused and wanting to play football. You know he's going to beat out the other hacks that they have over there at UNLV at quarterback. They played six guys last year and four guys in six games. This kid. They didn't had a Rogers there. You remember Amani <laughs> I, Rogers?
4: I, I do. I do remember Fight. <laughs> Dual threat that tore up USC a couple of years ago. Listen. They used to have back in the day in the early early part of the two thousands. Jason Thomas probably was the best quarterback before Randall Cunningham.
3: I'm getting or in on this Randall. early, Joe. I am getting in on this early. I am going to – if and I know I, I want to – I don't want to wait until they officially say he's won the job because I I think the number goes up then. It's not going to be one and a half if Martel is the quarterback. There's so much talent there, and he's never played. Maybe he finally I'm, – I'm, I'm putting a gamble in, Joe, that he's finally going to put it all together and want to play football in his hometown where he went 45-0 as a high school kid. Like, that's kind of where – I'm trying to to find an an edge here to try to bet this UNLV number. That's all I'm trying to do.
4: I could see Carver in like late October. This Tate Martel's killing me. 46 interceptions.
3: You just wait. Uh, you, you know, I could see me and you doing a show in early November. He just comes off throwing five picks against Nevada. And I got to sit there on a Monday morning. And instead of, instead of talking about, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa, I lead the show with, you know, Tate Martell. Again, six picks against Nevada on, on Saturday night. What am I doing here, Joe? Right, oh.
4: exactly. exactly. We're going to have a segment. We talked about it. Carver and I are building up this show. We're going to have who screwed you this past weekend, right? We're going to have segments oh, like
3: that. I'm a, uh, I can't wait. I'm already planting the seed for Tate Martell to be a, a regular contributor to who screwed me the most this weekend. If I play this UNLV over one and a half, oh, I'm going to be so dialed in if he wins that job and they're playing Eastern Washington the first week. Oh, let's go. Run and rev football's back, Joe. Vegas football's back. Let's go. I'm going to have one of those. I'm going to have one of those in terms
4: of like off-the-radar totals for 2021. I haven't decided which one. You- Break it down. It's got to be mathematically correct and have a shot for me. I think, you know, We'll. T- I'll give you one that I li- love. It, it was in the ACC, right? Wake Forest, I think, is going to be the surprise team mm. of the conference. So wow, keep an yeah. eye out for that. You
3: have been pushing Wake Forest a little bit here. Uh, but, no, we'll have to do a week where we pick a couple of these non-Power 5 teams uh, to get in the mix. Because I know, like, the Coastal Carolina number is 10 um, who else? A that's high. Teams. That, that is, is high way, for them. I think that's, that's high, way too high. You might be able to get them at a nice under there considering the year that they were coming off of. Um, I had a couple of others for you here. I'm um, looking off
4: the radar to see if there's anything that jumped out.
3: Me- I know how much you love Ma- Memphis. Memphis is seven and a half. I know how much you love Memphis. Yeah, uh, I do like. And I mean, like Marshall- Cardi Marshall eight and a half. I know those now, are. A I don't know teams if I like that. that.
4: I don't okay. know. No, because Grant Wells now with the new coach and Doc Holiday moves on. I'm not sold on that. And
3: Houston with Holgerson eight and a half. I know that's an under no, plus money for you. Sell under that under eight and a half and plus a hundred. Let's go, Joe. All right, college football full circle. Mike Carver and Joe Lisi, right here with you. We'll come back and wrap it up with Joe's week one line of the day, right here, Sports Grid Radio. We'll be right back.
1: Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
5: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Filet-O-Fish Sandwich all day.
0: to the sports grid radio network you're listening to college football
3: full circle with joe lisi and mike carver and we're back college football full circle right here mike carver joe lisi on sports grid radio series xm channel 204 all right joe it's our week one line of the day as we continue to get closer and closer to kickoff, uh, I usually try to stay with a little theme of something we talked about during the show. And you did mention to me how you were much so much higher on Wake Forest than everybody else in the ACC this year, Joe. So, Wake Forest opens week one at home against Old Dominion. And let me ask you this, Joe they are laying some heavy wood. 32 and a half for the Demon Deacons at home against ODU. Are you laying it, or are you taking it with ODU, Joe? Where do you go? I would lay it, but I knew you were going to that game.
4: I'm like, there's a couple of 30-point spreads. I think Tennessee was the other one in you know week one with Josh Heupel. I'm like, he's going to go to Wake Forest. He's going to call me out on Wake Forest, 32-and-a-half. I love Sam Hartman. I love this team. They have five starters back on the offensive line. I love what Dave Clawson, in terms of preachers, Physicality, offense, defensive line play, coaches up the defense. They're a physical bunch. They fly to the football and they have some playmakers. Now, Old Dominion, 32 and a half. You would think that there's no way they can't cover that number, but I'm going to take Wake Forest. They're a short number this year. I think it's six and a half, seven is their win total. I think they could start the year, Carver, eight and oh, So I'm laying the wood here. Wow. 32 and a half. Sam Hartman goes off. Five touchdowns in this game. This is a a 56-7 game for the <laughs>
3: Demon 56 Deacons. A 56-7 game. There you go. Joe Lisi says lay it week one with Wake Forest minus 32.5. I, for right now, am going to go with you, Joe. I will lay the 32.5 with Wake Forest. All right, great show today, Joe. Tremendous job. Uh, great job by Andrew Torres as well running it. Joe, tomorrow, Pac-12 Media Day starts out in Los Angeles. I wonder what they'll be talking about out there. We'll talk about (laughs) it right here. College football full circle. Mike Carver, Joe Lisi, Sports Grid Radio. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh,